It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, go to ellerslie.com. Eric, I'm super excited because this week we just launched our scholarship giveaway. Oh. And I figured I'd start with it this time. Yeah, instead uh, of trying to figure instead out how to trying to figure it. At the yeah. end, yeah. Uh, but one of the things we've just been able to do over the last couple of years is give away some scholarship money. And, and people have just blessed us. And we love being able to help people get yeah. here to Ellerslie. And we want to remove as much as we can every barrier. And so one of the things we just have done the last few years is just made scholarship money is available. So we're giving away 10 full ride scholarships for those who would love just to come and be trained and just study God's word and just get into the truth and the reality, the practicals of the Christian life. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but it's just a simple, basically a raising your hand, just some quick questions just to say, Hey, I would be interested. And then we're going to review those and then just pick 10 of those people to uh, give the scholarships to. No, we do this once a year. We do this once a year. So and this is your chance. So someone listens to this two months from now. Uh, it's sort of going to be like, you know, a little... It'll uh, be painful. Yeah, it'll be a painful But moment. they can still apply. And, it, and we a lot of times we'll still have a little bit of scholarship money that we can yeah. you it know, give something. It just might not be a full ride. It just likely season. will not be a full ride. So what's, what's the date that where this ends? Like so it they... ends February 15th, and then we'll take a week and finalize, read through all the the applications or the entries, and then we'll just make some decisions and send emails to those people um, who have applied. So it's always a fun process. For we, us. This is a, we love this, this time, a fun of the year. time of year for it us. Is. Uh, so it's really well, good. Great. Well, in the actual daily thunder series yeah. that we are in, we're walking is fitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is actually, it's works really well uh, yeah. in light of this, but we've been walking through life lessons and this one is just super fun in my mind because yeah. it's all about this idea of joy. Yeah. Do you just want to unpack what does it mean to have a life lesson be joy, uh, but it is it is such a defining thing in scripture. You yeah. just want to start fleshing it, this, this out. This is such a game changer for both of us. I mean, this is, I would say, I mean, well, all of these. I mean, they're so critical to the lives we live and the decisions we've made and the way we've encountered uh, the challenges we've faced. Joy is, I'd, I'd say most people look at it as a bonus attribute to life. And it's sort of like, okay, I'm a Christian. And I know that joy is a possibility. I just don't have it. <laughs> and I remember it was a New Year's resolution. This is back in the days where I still thought New Year's resolutions could work. And I resolved that I was going to change myself. I, I still hadn't really learned that Jesus, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to actually do any of these things. I was still sort of figuring those things out. But I had decided that I was going to finally get peace and joy because I see it in Scripture. I know I'm supposed to have it. I just didn't know how to get it. And so... This quality, this behavior, this movement of grace inside of us, is here's how I'll describe it. It's an upward movement. The enemy is always trying to drive us into the dirt. So when he disheartens us, he discourages us, he oppresses us, he depresses us. Those are all drive us into the dirt behavior, uh, actions of the enemy against us. The enemy drives us into the dirt. God never does. So God doesn't depress us. God doesn't oppress us. God doesn't discourage us. God doesn't dishearten us. He has nothing to do with that. He is always taking us upward. And that is like rejoicing or leaping for joy is actually one of the terms uh, for it. it. It's such a extremely odd phrase because just sort of like greet one another with a holy kiss. We're like, oh, okay, that's biblical, but <laughs> it doesn't mean people do it very often, right? What about leaping for joy? How many people leap for joy? I remember the first time I leapt for joy. 
I had, it was, Leslie and I were faced with a, an extremely challenging situation. We'd just been over uh, in a meeting, and in that meeting, we'd had all these accusations leveled against us that were so weird and so off and so not congruent with reality. But what do you do in these situations? So I was starting to turn inward, you know, sort of like, God, am I missing something? Am I living a life I don't realize I'm living? I don't remember doing any of those things. And I was starting to get caught in that trap, which is the enemy's game. And I remember having this thought when we got back to our living room, we were walking through, and we're just sort of have this heaviness on us. And I remember thinking what Jesus says, when you're falsely accused, leap for joy. I was like, that is the opposite of what I feel like doing right now. I, I want to just crumple to the ground instead, leap for joy. And I remember telling Leslie, I know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to leap for, for joy. <laughs> but usually I had waited for a feeling or an emotion to sort of validate such a movement instead of acting as if it's obedience. And that was a game changer moment for me because oftentimes we're waiting for a joyful sensation, a happy sensation. And then, yeah, we'll shout or we'll dance or we'll leap, you know, because that fits. But you don't do that when you don't feel it. You want to feel it do it. And that's the kingdom of heaven. It's opposite in its movement. God says, trust me, obey me. Do you believe? You see, faith comes first, then comes the follow-up movement inside of us. And so I always liken it to this pipeline that we are connected to the heavenly realms and it's chock full of grace and, and joy. Uh, and when we choose to, to go up, when we choose to go in the direction of God and we leap, it's like, thank you, Lord. I rejoice in this moment. Then what it does is like turning the gate valve on that pipeline and it enters into our soul. And we have a genuine happiness, a genuine uplifting sensation that comes as a result of our obedience, our trust and our faith in our God. That's so good. It, it is so mind boggling to me how many times this is mentioned in scripture. It, it's not like it's just this casual once or twice. It is repeated over and over and over. And it is fascinating. We were talking about right before we got started, how, how almost all of those are in the context of suffering, uh, misunderstanding, persecution, which does make sense because, you know, when I eat chocolate, no one has to tell me to rejoice. I will rejoice. <laughs> it's when I'm eating Brussels sprouts that I need someone to remind me, uh, you are to rejoice and be thankful for that food. And in, in other words, it's in those moments as you're saying that those, the, the, the moments when we're least likely to rejoice, those are the moments that God tells us, no, that's when you rejoice. It's, it's that First Thessalonians 5, 16 principle where it's, hey, rejoice always, mm -hmm. which that word does mean always. Which means in every single situation, right. you cannot brainstorm any circumstance that is so grotesque that God would say, oh yeah, well, that's the exception. Every single circumstance is supposed to be responded to with an upward movement. There is no such thing as a downward movement in response to any circumstance in this earth. That's right. In fact, it's so strong that uh, Paul says, this is God's will for us. Yeah. That this isn't just a suggestion. It's not a, hey, this is a great thought if you could do it. That this is commanded. Yeah. And we talked about this in the last episode too, but but I love the fact that this is a fruit of the spirit. That, that it's not just grit and determination. Yes, we have to walk in obedience, but yet... I, I can rest in the fact that it's the spirit of God bringing this about in my life, that it's not, joy is not based on my circumstances. Joy is the determination of my soul as I keep my gaze fixed on Jesus. That's right. And it's as I keep my gaze on him, 
he, as uh, Psalm 1611 says, he actually becomes my joy. Yeah. That it's not that he just gives me this pill called joy. He actually, God himself is that joy, which is a phenomenal concept uh, in, in light of all this. There's one, one thing I think would be fun to, well, fun. I don't know if that's the right word, but okay, we'll, we'll have fun. This is a message on joy. We might as well have fun with it. Uh, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And then someone could come up to you and me and say, so Nathan and Eric, what are these weapons? He doesn't mention what the weapons are. He just says the weapons of our warfare are mighty. This is one of them. Right. I would say it's one of the most tactical movements to knock the enemy senseless is to take a difficult circumstance and go up, to rejoice, to give thanks, to leap these are movements. The word in the Greek is agaleio, which is a, the picture of a spring of water just gushing upwards. Is This is what he's given us. He's given us this spiritually. And when you encounter that challenge, it's almost like it's sitting. The, the answer, the joy is there for us. And God says, I've supplied it, but you need to, by faith, take it. And that's the action. Others to recognize this is a supernatural work. There's no doubt about it. But we oftentimes, it's a, it's a weird thing, because I would say, would you like to rejoice always? And of course, the common answer would be, of course, I would love that. But technically, people don't always want to rejoice. They want to bemoan. They want to grumble. They want to complain because there's a certain fleshly satisfaction in not rejoicing. And so that's why it's critical to recognize this needs to be the discipline of the life to always rejoice in every circumstance. Because if you're not always rejoicing, when you most need to, in a tactical military sense, spiritually, you need to rejoice. You're not going to be ready for it if you're not always doing it. We were talking beforehand of sort of the how you train for this or how you exercise this. Like, how do you call, is it a muscle that you're lifting with? And I was bringing up the, you and I both took one Taekwondo <laughs> course. I don't know why we were both there. That, I should, we should clarify. I took a class. Yes. It wasn't a course. Okay. Of course, sounds like well, I actually I was in the something. same class, if I remember correctly. Yes. It was Aaron Vogel. Yes. Uh, we, were, we came for a workout <laughs> and he brought in a Taekwondo master and said, okay, here's what we're doing today. And one of the things that stood out to So me, no one should test this. That's really what I'm trying right. to get to is please uh, don't. And, well, I was terrible. I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs> you were great. <laughs> but uh, one of the things about it that I remember him saying is that when someone comes to you, it's like it was a self-defense type of thing. But when someone comes to strike you, hit you, grab your arm or whatever, that you exercise these movements over, over, and over, and over, and over again consistently in your life so that when you are attacked, this is the response you have. And if you don't do that, if you just have this one Taekwondo class, you're not going to do that when you're attacked. We're probably giving a whole bunch of bad people the idea that they can attack us out there, don't you think? But They're, we will give them the gospel. So That's right. Yeah, uh, when we're laying there on the ground and they have our wallet, <laughs> we'll be like, hey, but I love you. And we will choose to rejoice that's even, right. and we'll even rejoice. in those moments. I can even see them telling us as they're walking off of their, our wallets, like, you're supposed to rejoice right now. <laughs> and it's true. They're right. Uh, but it was the practice and the exercise of a certain that was a physical movement, but this is a spiritual movement. And we need to do the same thing, just like if you're learning Taekwondo, you need to do the same spiritual exercise of soul to go after, to go after that grace, to go after the rejoicing, to proclaim God's goodness, to give thanks in all things. 
that is what makes us great in the challenges of life. If you can be great in every moment of the normal mundane life doing this, then you're going to be great when you get to the more difficult moments, when you when it really counts in an extra measure and the world is watching. That's so good, which I think is why Paul declares or commands, rejoice always, mm-hmm. that whether things are good, bad, or ugly, we are called to celebrate. I was talking to a pastor, I think it was about a year ago, I was preaching at his church and he's a bivocational pastor. And he said, Nathan, you know, I listen to you and Eric, and I've heard you guys talk about this concept over and over. He goes, and I always nod, I'm a pastor. And I go, yes, <laughs> I agree. He goes, there's something radical that shifted in my life and my life's never been the same since. The moment I began to actually do, do this practice of being joyful on all occasions, he says, I don't know how to describe this. Everything in my life is changing. Yeah. My, 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 my faith is deepening. My, my outlook is different. My, my, I'm so strong uh, just in Christ. He goes, and it's so simple. I'm just choosing to rejoice in everything. So, you know, if, if I'm, I'm, make, I'm making, putting out words in his mouth, but it's like, you know, if his kids do something that he doesn't like, he's going to rejoice. Or if his wife is a little bit sharp one day, mm-hmm. he's choosing to rejoice. And if his, his job outside the ministry is hard, he's going to rejoice. Yeah. And ministry is hard, so he's going to rejoice. And it's amazing watching his life over this last year and a half, two years. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a great shift in his life. Huh. And he accounts it to this this very thing, which I think is actually beautiful. It is. And I think once you start, it's almost like it becomes breathing at one level. As you begin to practice this, not that it becomes easier, it just becomes more natural. And you actually find that you, you don't want to live a moment without this. Yeah. Could you quickly talk about joy is not the same thing as happiness. The world is pandering after happiness. I mean, yeah. there's all these books about how to, you know, have, yeah. how to have a happy life. Happiness really is an emotion thing based on circumstance. Joy is not circumstantial. Again, it's in his presence is the fullness yeah. of joy, right? Psalm 1611. Could you just maybe even flesh out why are we called to joy, not just merely happiness? Mm-hmm. And then do you have maybe a practical thought or a step mm-hmm. for someone who can just even begin to do this practice of yeah. rejoicing always? Well, it's interesting because if you were to... if we. Because the words happiness are, are a tripping point for so many people, especially, you know, because it's not necessarily how it's going to be described in scripture. I would say someone who chooses to exercise joy is going to be a happy person. So it's ironic what the world's after, they just can't find in that direction. Because first of all, it's not God's direction. It's self. And they're looking to self-fulfill, to self-gratify. And they're tr- they're chasing a carrot that will actually not lead to happiness in the way they, they'll have micro moments of it, but they're not going to have it in the capital H version of happy. Happy is not a bad word. It's just misappropriated as the destination. But when we seek Jesus and we choose to rejoice and we choose to give thanks, we have a attitude of soul that is based not on our circumstances, but based on his accomplishment and his faithfulness that Technically, we can be the happiest people, if we want to use that word happy, just by knowing that we are in Christ, that he has won the victory, that we're going to be with him always. And I mean, this is perfect. This is everything that satisfies the soul because it it touches on all those need points in us. And even though our circumstances are difficult, when we choose to rejoice in them, to give thanks in them, to choose to see God's victory trumping the situation it's ironic but then the emotions can follow things like happiness things like that 
true delight in life. And someone could say, well, you're in a prison cell, Paul. And he says, he's telling everyone else to rejoice. And again, I'm going to say it, rejoice. It's like, Paul, don't you understand? You have to recognize your circumstances are bleak. It's like, don't you realize when you have the glasses on of, of a heavenly perspective and you see Jesus seated on his throne, you see all things beneath his feet and you recognize that you were called and chosen and adopted as his very child? Why in the world could I ever be down in the dumps with that? In other words, I would say happiness still is a byproduct, but it's not the end. It is Jesus is the end. And to and so we take our difficult circumstances, we remember who he is, and we rejoice. We give thanks. And we truly are the happiest people on earth. That's so good. Just to wrap up this episode, one of the things that we do with our students, I think probably every every semester, is we actually do a leap for joy. Oh yeah. Where we are you going to say that we should do that out of our seats here? No. Okay. Uh, but I do want you to describe it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we'd film it, and it just seems awkward in my head uh, because they'd really realize how unathletic I am. Uh, but but something powerful that when you physically, I mean, it is a spiritual declaration of the soul yeah. to to leap and rejoice. But there is something fascinating when you tie the body physical movement. Yeah. To the point where, you know, it's fun as a, as a team, you're watching, you're, you're walking around campus and on occasion you will see someone just jump and you're like, <laughs> all right, apparently they're, they're needing to express the reality yeah. of joy. Could you even just talk about why, why do we have our students yeah. do that? What, what is the connection or what, why is the, why is it important at times to even physically yeah. do this, even just as a yeah. concluding thought? Well, I, I had a whole season where I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm leaping inside. Okay, because I'm, you know, there's some dignity issues here. And just leaping is not the most dignified thing. To dance, maybe, you know, you can sort of look cool doing it, right? Well, that's questionable too, but uh... <laughs> especially if it's me dancing. <laughs> but I, there's a couple things, sort of like getting on your face prostrate and kneeling before the Lord. You can say, well, I'm doing it internally. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also a bonus something that's taking place when your body matches the movement. And the same is true with like lifting hands. You know, it can be very awkward, you know, especially, you know, if you've grown up in a Pentecostal church, it's not that awkward, right? Well, it still can be. But if you grow up in a more conservative church and you just, you want to express something to God, it's, it can be awkward to do this external. But if you just get alone, even you just start there and just lift your hands to the Lord and proclaim his goodness, it actually is like bonus uh, something in your soul. And I'd say the same thing is true in this leap. There's something about having the body conform to the realities of the inward life. And so we do that. We, so we'll have everyone stand up. And I do say, if you have a knee injury, please, you know, you don't need to participate, but you know, and you can do the internal jump. But if you're, you know, perfectly healthy, I'd love for you to consider being a part of this. So everyone usually is a, a part of it and they stand up and then I give the rules. We're going to count to three, you know, one, two, three, and then we're going to leap and we're going to, you know, you can do a fist pump into the air and go, Jesus. And uh, I have to also clarify that you don't want to jump wrong. Like one, two, three. You don't jump when I say three. You jump after, you know, I say one, two, three. Then we jump, right? Because I always picture this one person flailing up there you know, saying Jesus on an offbeat, which would be fun. Which uh, if you're by yourself probably doesn't matter a whole lot. But in a big group, it, it, yeah. it is So if of... you're trying to organize this in your church, then you might want to just <laughs> clarify that. It would be fun to have a video on that one guy who's like flailing around doing it by himself. 
But that is the most thunderous, energetic Jesus. It's like my mom used to say, uh, Eric, if you're going to cheer this loud for the Denver Broncos, are you willing to cheer this loud for Jesus? And technically in the body of Christ, there's not a lot of moments where we cheer Jesus. It's like you could have your worship and maybe a praise song or something, but it's not the most normal flow uh, for us to be like, yeah, uh, for Jesus, right? Even though technically my mom is right. And the leap for joy gives you an opportunity to be a little rowdy uh, and to get some noise on uh, in your celebration of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, the fact that he has beaten all your enemies. He is seated on high. All things are beneath his feet, and he is coming soon for us. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Yeah! And that's, that's a great thing to be meditating upon when you're leaping for joy, because that's what we have to remember in those dark moments. Who's in control? Who has the authority? Who is the King of Kings and who is the Lord of Lords? Who is our provider? Who is the one who sees all, knows all, and will care for us in our dark moment? He is. And that's a great reason to rejoice. That's good. Thanks, Eric. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. If you'd like to learn more about Ellerslie, our discipleship programs, or support the ministry financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.